Can we just take a minute? We're just going to pray just one more time. Somebody uh, made reference to that Psalm 121, verse 1, one of my favorite verses. It says, I lifted up my eyes to the mountains, to the Lord, because this is where my help comes from. It does come from the maker of heaven and earth. And I love that the psalmist said there's something inside of him that decided to lift his eyes to the Lord. And so, Lord, we lift our hands to you. Come on, church. I don't know what you came for tonight, but maybe, maybe God does want to do something in your life. Maybe there is a miracle required. Maybe there's a need. Maybe a family member. Maybe somebody not even in this country that needs a miracle. God's hand is not too short to do the thing that is required in our life. He's able. He's big enough. And so, Lord, we, we lift our eyes to the Lord, knowing that something can turn for us, that something can shift for us, that this is actually a brand new day, a brand new hour. Everything is going to move. Everything is going to change. Miracles of healing. Because the Bible says, by His stripes we are healed. That you went to huge lengths for healing and for salvation. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, for miracles of provision. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that anxiety and fear can, can lift off us today. Lord, that your word says that we shouldn't live in fear. You did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love and power, sound mind. And so, Lord, we, we point ourselves to you today and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church, give them a big hand and thank you. Come on, we can do a little bit better than that. Uh, isn't he good? Isn't he kind? He's so good, so generous. He's worthy of all of our praise. Amen. Have a seat. Turn to somebody and say, you're looking, you're looking fresh. Let's just say that because we're in a heat wave right now. But seemingly at six o'clock tonight, it's all turning around just about right now. There's a change coming. And I want to prophesy that over your life. There's a change coming. Everything is about to turn around. Everything's about to change. Uh, God is still on the throne. And, uh, you know, I was so honored to be here 2018 at, the, um, at your conference, your Supernatural Conference. And we had such a great time. And who would have known two years ago when God was talking to me, Pastor Jack, about making a transition three years ago from being full-time on the road traveling around the world as a healing evangelist to be a local pastor in Wollongong in Australia. And I remember talking to God and wrestling with him and saying, God, I'm really not sure if you got the right idea about this because things were going so amazingly well, I felt. And God says, no, Andrew, your time for traveling around the world is, is, is coming to a, an end the way that you saw it. And then to see that COVID would hit and uh, there would be no travel, um, who would have thought that God was lining up the, uh, the ducks for me, as it were, uh, to be a local pastor and to help our Australian churches, which has been a, such an honor for me to do that. And, uh, and I've been enjoying pastoring uh, Pastor Jack and Carol, and um, it's been a new string to the bow, I think, um, pastoring the local church rather than just coming and going as an evangelist and, and stirring the flock up. 
But I'm telling you, it's the, it's the greatest honor, the greatest privilege I've ever had is to, to journey through life with people uh, in the few couple of years that we're doing it and hearing that some of the great miracle stories that have taken place in our life. And, you know, if I think of the great pastors of pastors, and I was saying to my friends who are traveling with me today, I said, Pastor Jack and Carol are heroes in the faith and uh, have really done this journey so beautifully well and have got one of the great churches in Australia. And Pastor Jack and Carol, I, I honor you. Thank you for all of your faith, all of your belief. Thank you for being a great missions church and helping millions of people uh, find Christ through your generosity and your faith in doing that. And uh, we salute you today. God, thank, the, thank your pastors for doing that. They wonderful, wonderful people. And if I could be half the pastor that Pastor Jack is, I'd be a huge raging success in Wollongong, no doubt about that. But you know, in my first year in pastoring a church, I didn't realize that um, we were, that when God said, I want you to pastor a church, that we we're going to hit a COVID uh, crisis, a global pandemic. And uh, it's not really good for church planting, actually, Pastor Jack, you know, like it's not what you kind of expect. But God is still on the throne, yeah. and he, he's now not left his position. You know, um, I was thinking about what I could share today. One of the things that I've been trying to instill into our church is that God, God is on the throne, and he's never left, and he's not surprised. And we've been doing a series on believing, let's believe God, because that's what God's called us to do. In fact, I called our church Believe, because it really is one of the fundamental uh, things that live inside of us, is what we believe determines our outcome. And, uh, and I think the church has really been shaken, actually, because the media has been so... Um, so skilled in, in selling fear and selling insecurity and worries and what's going to happen. And, and if, you, if you look at the six o'clock news, um, you know, and that's, that's your source, then we're all in trouble because they are the doom and gloom experts at the moment. But when I look at the Bible and as I read the Bible, the Word of God, I have hope, I have future, I know that, that God's in control, that He's not surprised about any of this, and, um, and so I've been trying to tell our church uh, that, that God is, is okay. When we first planted the church, and I was walking down the beach in Wollongong, and I said, God, I need a vision, I need... I need uh, um, something amazing. All the senior pastors says, Andrew, you've got to have a vision statement, you've got to have a mission statement. And I was really hoping for something really cool, you know, um, that's going to sell the dream, you know, of C3 Believe. And I was walking down the beach and God said to me, Andrew, uh, the vision statement is it's about me. And I was like, can't you give me something kind of sexier than that? Like something that looks good on a brochure. And he said, Andrew, it's me cover to cover the book. Can't take anything away from it. This, this, this church has to be founded on me. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's good. I said, is there anything else? And he said, yeah, it's about my power. Power to change a life. Power to transform, save a soul. It's about God's power. But I love that song. 
parted Red Seas, did an amazing song. And he said, and it's about people. It's always been, been, been about people. It's been about souls. I was, and I said, God, what is it about? And he says, about four, it's 400,000 reasons that you exist, Andrew. And our little, our little region of the Illawarra is 400,000 people in it. And I put that on my mission statement and people were mocking me at the start saying, Andrew, how, how would you say that? You've only got a small church. And I said, because God's dream God's hope is that all come to Christ. For God so loved the whole world, not just the Illawarra, but but not just New South Wales, but Australia, the whole world. And right now, I feel like there's a shaking, a shaking. And, and, And what do we believe? And who are we believing? And, you know, this may not be the most glamorous message, but I feel like this is a message for you tonight. God wants to remind you of who He is, and as we, as we point our lives to the true north, to, to Him, then everything can change, and everything can turn around. And so, you know, I want to talk about the attributes of God, and the character of God, and, and the promises of God, because this is really important. John, um, Romans 10 and verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth and believe the Lord Jesus Christ, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You see, there's a lot going on with our belief and what we actually believe. That if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I think this is a good opening scripture because there's something that we need to believe about God. And although that the world may be saying this and the, this and the next thing and who knows what they're going to be saying in the future, but what do we believe about God? And Romans 10 and verse 9 says, we must believe that God has raised from the dead and we will be saved. You know, some of the attributes of God are amazing. What I think is, 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 is really great is that God himself is, as we know him, is omnipresent, which means he is present everywhere at the same time. Proverbs 15 and verse 3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on evil and on the, and the good. I, I love that God is, is everywhere. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know if you know that, that. He's actually here in this place. And said, where two or more are gathered, there he is in the midst of us. But he not, he, he's, he's everywhere. And uh, the devil cannot be everywhere. He can only be one place at one time. One of uh, and our young men in our church came up to me and he said, Andrew, you know, uh, uh, the, I had a bad dream the other night. And I said, oh, really? And he said, yeah. He said, uh, I woke up and the, and the devil was at the end of my bed. And I said, the devil? He said, yeah. He said, Lucifer. I said, the big guy was at the end of your bed. I said, mate, bingo. I said, that is it. Write a book, travel the world, that's the rest of your life done. Because I said, that's impressive. I said, because there's only one devil and he can only visit one place at one time. And I was trying to convince him. I said, you know, maybe, maybe it could have been a spirit of fear or, you know, I'm sure that, I don't know, I've had lots of encounters by lots of people, but I've never had the devil himself. I mean, you have to be a pretty important person for Lucifer to turn up at your, at your, at your, at your place. But he is like fully convinced that, you know, this is Lucifer and I was trying to help him out a little bit. But God is everywhere. 
He's, he's everywhere. And I, I kind of like that God's everywhere because the world's trying to say he's not everywhere. You know, he's, he's not in the United States right now or, you know, he's not here or he's not there, but he is everywhere. And he's kind of working things out. We don't think he's everywhere, but he's everywhere. And, and he's sorting out good and evil as well. I liked playing uh, hide and seek with my kids. Do you remember that game? And uh, when they're little dots, and you know, and so they're just kind of like, Dad, we want to play hide and seek. And so you count to 20 and they run off in the house and hide. And you know, so you got your three-year-old and after like 30 seconds, he's bored. So he's like trying to give you advice, like, ah, makes you a few noises to, to give you a hint that he's, you know, in the, in the living room. And then you see a leg hanging out of the piano stool, waggling away. And, and so you try to pretend that you don't know that he's there, you know, so the game drags out a little bit. And then you go, oh, you know, I see you, Samuel. And he goes, oh, how did you know? And you go, oh, well, I think God's a bit like that. You know, we're trying to play hide and seek with God, but he's actually everywhere. He sees you with your little foot and, you know, your little complaint or whatever, and you don't know that God's actually seeing everything. You know, God is omniscient, which means he's all-knowing. John 1 and chapter 3 says, For wherever our heart commends us, God is greater than our heart, and he's knowing everything. He's knowing everything. I, 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 I kind of wish that God didn't know everything. Like, I wish he like, knew 10% of my heart. But if he knew all of my heart, ooh, that, could be, that could be awkward because I've got a little key ring that says 90% angel. Uh, somebody gave it to me uh, when I first became a pastor. I thought that was quite funny because that pretty much wraps us all up, doesn't it? That, you know, just... Pretty 90% of us are good, but there's a little bit of world still banging around there. We're trying to get rid of that thing. I feel like that every Sunday at church. I feel like, you know, come to church and prayed up in the morning, just getting that worldly dust off me again. A TV program you shouldn't have watched or that argument you had with your wife. Not me, but other people. <laughs> um, and it's just like getting that world off just coming into the presence of God and just kind of getting myself right for another great week. God's knowing everything. Could you think about this in the, in, the, in the context of what's happening right now in the world, that actually God knows everything. It, well, are you surprised that a virus came out? Surprised that media aren't all Christians and surprised that there's agendas and Surprised? No, he's not surprised. God knows what's happening. He's looking for his saints to pray and petition and do his work, but he's not surprised. You know, God is uh, omnipotent, which means he's all-powerful. And I really like that. Because we think we're like, we're like nervous, like, oh, I'm so scared, you know, I'm so scared. But God's like, hey, <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal. Like, uh, I'm God, and you know what, you know, you know how you call me God? That's because I'm God, and God means I can do anything, because I'm really, really powerful, and like I parted Red Seas, I, you know, put plagues around a few people I didn't really like, and you know, if you, if 
he did things that I didn't really, really like. It's, if you touch things and, you know, you die, if you mess with the church, if you, if you stole things from, from temples and stuff like that, God was, you rejudge it. He's really not happy with that sort of stuff. He's just like, kingdoms fall because they did the wrong thing. God is very, very powerful. In fact, he had this little idea about how to save the whole world. So he said, oh, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm gonna die on a cross for the redemption of mankind. He knows what's going on. He, he, he sees everything, he, he knows everything, he's everywhere and he's all powerful. I think that's a pretty good yeah. place to start. Let's give God a big clap for that. He's everywhere, he's all knowing, he's all powerful. Let's just say that together. He's, he, he, he's everywhere, he's all knowing, he's all powerful. I think that's a great foundation for 2020 to come out of, 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 of this, coming into a brand new year, just to remind ourselves, come on, come on church. This is the foundation. You see, you cannot be a healing evangelist. You cannot believe that somebody's gonna walk out of a wheelchair unless you believe these three things. That God is actually able to do it. He's in the room and he knows what's going on. And he wants them to be healed more than you do. He went to great lengths for healing. The Bible says by his stripes we're healed. Every whip, every beating, every, every accusation, everything that he went through on that day was for our healing. So why wouldn't he want you to be healed? Of course he wants you to be healed. God is a good healer. Let me just skip through this because I want to pray for people today. But, you know, the character of God is a great thing, isn't it? Because I think the first characteristic of God that God is talking to me to believe again. This is what we need to believe in. We need to believe in this, that God is a God of love. That God wants us to win. John 1 and 4 says, anyone who does not Love does not know God because God is love. And that's the very foundation. That's who he is. God is a God of love. And I, th I think that with my kids, I look at my kids, I love them. Love them to bits, would do anything for them. And, um, you know, I said to my son, who's got a new job actually, and uh, I said, you have to pay board now. He goes, oh, I have to pay board. I have to pay board to live at your house. I said, yes, you have to pay board. And um, I don't want him to pay board, but Janine maybe say that he has to pay board because you know, I'm under authority. And, um, but we had already discussed that the board he pays, we're gonna put in a bank account to keep for him for a job or uh, for a car or for university or something like that. Because why? Because a, a dad's agenda is just to bless your kids. I want to teach him a life skill about how to look after himself and, you know, for when he leaves, you have to work a budget and, and look after yourself. He crashed the car the other day. And, he's in a, and I said, Dad, I crashed the car. I said, well, that's, that's so good. And, he, go, and he, go, he was looking at me and I said, I'm not angry. And he goes, oh, oh, okay. And I said, yeah, I'm glad you're safe and I'm glad you're okay, but you do have to pay. He goes, whoa, 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 okay. Because you've got to teach the kids responsibility. It's out of love, I, I would say that to him. 
God, God loves us beyond belief. God is righteous. I love that. God's holy. Um, Isaiah 6 and verse 3, the seraphim called one to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is full of his glory. And they talk about the angels coming in that vision and surrounding the, the throne room of God with that, that beautiful picture of the angels going round and round each time saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The reason that it's emphasized three times, because if something's emphasized twice, if they said, holy, holy, that would be a, a major um, moment. But to emphasize it three times, holy, 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 is the highest emphasis you can give in the Bible. To say it three times is like there is nothing more holy than this. And holy is the Lord of hosts. His mercy is new for us every single day. We can come to the altar because God wants us to be free from sin, to be set free, to be holy ourselves. God is merciful. Who's glad he's merciful? I like that he's merciful. He's not standing up there angry or upset with a stick or gonna whack you. He's like, hey, listen, while you've got breath, come. While you've got breath, come. He's not not angry with us. He's not upset with us. His altar is open. His mercy is new for us every single day. He's like, Andrew, I want you to come. I remember when I was like 17 years old, I'd been saved two two weeks, uh, two two years. And uh, I was with my friends. I was actually with my family on on a... they were, my brothers and sisters had taken me on this heathen like um, sporting event and they given me alcohol and you know I had drunk too much. Anyway, I was they the, the bus actually dropped me off at the youth group and I was completely out of control. And I sort of walked into the youth group and you know the youth group looked after me and and anyway I was really embarrassed. And I remember that never forget the day and uh, the youth pastor this beautiful youth pastor wrote me this card and said, Andrew, we still love you. No matter what happens in your life, we will look after you, we'll care for you. You're always welcome to come back to youth group. I remember looking at them going, impossible. How amazing is this? That even though I felt like I'd ruined everything, let the team down, let God down, they said, hey, listen, God still can forgive you. We forgive you. You're welcome to come back. Don't come back drunk. And um, they didn't even say that. But that's what, we, we, we stub our toe every now and then with God, don't we? We make a little f- few mistakes. But he wants you to come back. Story of the prodigal son. God is faithful. God is trustworthy. He never changes. Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And I think that's an amazing thing, that God's still on my side. You know, part of my story is that I had leukemia at the age of 13 to 18. I've shared that a few times in this church. My Catholic priest, when I was 18 years old, arranged, um, my parents arranged my Catholic priest to come and give me my last rites, preparing me for burial. I think that's a bad day, because you think you're gonna die. And then a few moments later, a couple of hours later, my Presbyterian youth pastors where I became a Christian came into my room holding a big Bible and a smile and said, Andrew, we believe that God can heal you. We had a scripture saying that this is not gonna lead to death. I remember looking at them thinking, this is craziness. How can God heal me? After five years of chemotherapy, radiotherapy, a bone marrow transplant, 
in my 11th hour, now, now you're saying that God is going to heal me. But the, but the very fact is that even in my unbelief, they prayed for me. I allowed them to pray for me and immediately I felt something fall off my life. Every hour I was getting a blood test, the very next blood test that came back, the doctors came and said, Andrew, something's changed in your life. A miracle's happened. They called it a miracle. And I remember that day going, man, God, you're amazing. God has never changed his thought around healing. He wants us to be healed. He, he's, he's eager to heal people. He loves us. He's looking after us. He's going to protect us. You know, I want to talk to us just quickly on the promises of God. The promises are amazing. You know, Psalm 5 and verse 11, it says, for our protection, but let all those who take refuge and you rejoice. Let them sing songs of joy and spread your protection over them that those who love your name may exalt in you. And I was thinking, you know, God is protecting us. You may not think so. You may think that COVID or is, is, is too tough and too hard. You know, I said in our church, and I, and I say this with, 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 all, with all grace and all, you know, just humility, if God can pull somebody out of a wheelchair, God can heal somebody with COVID. If God can raise somebody from the dead, he can raise somebody out of a situation with COVID. God is actually bigger than any virus, any label that the world tries to put on people. I've, I've never experienced fear with COVID. I've, I, because I just think that God is going to look after me. In fact, the Bible says if you tithe, he rebukes the devourer. He says, I, I, re, I rebuke the devourer. And I'm thinking, I'm not, I'm not going to get COVID. And even if I do, even if I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because God's going to be with me. He's going to walk with me. It'll be just fine. Everything's going to be just fine. Everything's going to be safe. He's going to be my protection. That's the promise of God that I'm holding on to that he is gonna look after me. Come on, church, if you believe that, give God a big clap because I believe with all my heart. We did a whole series, a month series of, of fear, fear not, we called it, fear not, because God does not want to have a spirit of fear. The church is supposed to be the answer. We're supposed to rise above the cloud and say, hey, listen, everything's gonna be just fine. We've got the answer. It's called Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is gonna walk with us, lead us, Give us wisdom beyond our ability. And sure, we do, in our church, we do all the COVID safety things. We're not trying to annoy the government or do anything. We're just ticking along. But I'm saying, I'm not living in fear. I'm living in faith. I'm going to be bold as a lion. I was talking to my friend in Hillsong, in, um, Hillsong Amsterdam. And he says, Andrew, we need to do a healing meeting, uh, you know, through Zoom. And uh, I was like, well, I hardly even knew what Zoom was. And he says, yeah, we should do it. And then we'll get people praying. I said, let's do it. And so my pastor friend brings me up and we're all on Zoom and talking to people. And he says, Andrew, we've got a situation just right now of, uh, of a family member's dad who's got COVID. He's on a ventilator. He's in the hospital. It's looking bad. He's got moments to live. Would you pray? And I said, we're going to pray. Shabba dabba do. 
And I thought, you know what, we're going to just give it everything we got. So I started prophesying. I said, in the name of Jesus, we come against COVID. We're praying, Father, right now. His breathing's coming into being. Everything's going to change. Everything's going to turn around. Father, right now, we say that the doctors are going to shake their heads and say that we've misdiagnosed. We thought it was this, but now we're not so sure. And so Richard rings me up. Um, about two days later, he says, Pastor Andrew. I said, yes, what's, what's going on? He says, you know how you prayed for that person who, had, um, who was moments away from dying? And I said, yes. And they said, well, he's off the ventilator now. And the doctors have said, we've misdiagnosed him. And, he, and, and he's going to be out of hospital within a, in a few days. And I said, well, what a coincidence that we were just praying and asking God, come on, somebody. God, God is bigger. God is able to do something in people's lives. I've got my friend Philip here. And, uh, you know, Philip's is such a great guy. He was in a horrific car accident a few months ago. Him and his wife, it was very, very bad. But we were praying straight away, believing God that they would be able to walk again and have have. A, a great quality of life. And then it was only a, a few months ago, um, Philip came to our, our church uh, with his beautiful wife, Pat, and said, you know, there's been a really bad diagnosis of cancer with Pat. And the doctors were saying that all sorts of bad things were happening. And, uh, and, and they were going to go to the specialist, you know, just to find out what treatments were going to have to happen. And I said, Philip, we, we need to pray just one more time before you go to this place because I'm not liking what I'm hearing. And so Paul and I, we were in our church. And you know what? We were just praying with faith, just believing that actually something is about to shift in this person's life. And, you know, that's the, that's the joy of being a pastor because you get to hear the stories. And I remember, you know, as you're driving back from the specialist and you rang me and you said, hey, Andrew, I've got some good news. And I was thinking, what's the good news? Oh, who likes good news? Yeah. I said, what's the good news? And, and he said, you know what? The doctors are shaking their head because they cannot find any cancer anymore in their life. Come on, give God some praise. Is that true, Philip? That's, 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 that's the truth of it. And, and I'm thinking, you know what? God's going to protect us. We're going we're to be just fine. We'll fight the battles. We'll, we'll do it properly. I said to our church, and I've said here, don't come to church on your best day. Come to church on your worst day as well. Because I know that Pastor Jack and Carol, the team here, they're going to be praying for you. When your faith is feeling low, we're going to lift up your hands, knowing that God is going to look after you, knowing He's going to protect you, knowing that He's going to find a way for you, that everything's going to change, everything's turning around. I feel a fire in my belly for the church, saying, come on, lift up your eyes to the Lord. This is where your help comes from. It's going to come from God. It's not going to come from the government. It's not going to come from people. Miracle after miracle is coming your way. God is going to provide for you supernatural provision. And Abraham said, God will provide for himself a burnt offering for my son. So they went off together, both of them. They both went together. And I, I love that Abraham had so, so much faith. When God says, you need to sacrifice your son Isaac on an altar, he said, God is gonna make a way for me. He's gonna provide for me, supernaturally provide for me. And here I have been living by faith for over 20 years. And 
this is the first time I've ever received an income. We're, we're, we're pastoring, we've got, uh, we're on staff for three days a week. And um, it felt weird for a start because I've just relied on God looking after me for, as, as we've traveled and looked after things. But God has still been providing. Supernaturally, I feel like we're, we're so blessed. Myself, personally blessed. My wife, my children, personally blessed. But I'm thinking beyond that. I'm thinking about miracle stories in our churches where, where people have actually are flourishing in this season, who, 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 who have had record months, who, who sold in seemingly the worst time and, and got the best price and brought at the, like in a crazy season and, and got the best price. That God's looking after his people. And I honestly believe that this is where our help is gonna come from. He's gonna protect us. He's gonna provide for us. I said to Pastor Phil Pringle recently, as we were talking about this whole COVID sort of thing, I said, Pastor Phil, I said, the church isn't gonna just need miracles of healing. I said, I'm, I'm believing there's gonna be supernatural money just to like appear in people's bank accounts. I feel like, you know, like you hear the stories and they come and there's groceries at people's doorsteps and, and you know, just cars arrive in, in people's houses and stuff like that. I met a guy in Cambodia and he says, I've been pastoring for four years and never filled up my car. I said, shush. I said, let me touch that car. And, uh, and I said, I'll put some petrol in. He says, oh, I don't want your petrol. I don't want your money. He said, God looks after us. And we said, we just drive to Vietnam and we drive to this place. And he said, and God looks after us. Miracle after miracle is gonna be available for us. God will show signs and wonders and, and like in the, in the days of old. And we will stand here and go, how is this, how is this possible? Because God is, He's everywhere. He knows everything. And He's all powerful. We forgot church. We forgot who we lift our hands to. We forgot who we worship. We're listening to the six o'clock news when we should be listening to the Word of God. Lift up your eyes, church. This is where your help comes from. Miracle after miracle, miracle after miracle, miracle after miracle is our portion. As we believe God is gonna supply for us. Dream big, live big, live bold. Don't live under the intimidation of the world. Our kingdom is higher. Our God is better. We're on the best sporting team of the whole universe. He's got a name. His name is Jesus Christ. You know, lastly, it says He'll never, he'll never leave you or forsake you. Eternity is our portion, isn't it? says that there were aliens and strangers on earth, Hebrews chapter 11, but eternity is where we're all heading off to. You know, I often think in, in every service in our church, we give a salvation altar call because I was learning off Pastor Jack, one of the greatest evangelists. It's all about eternity. 
It's all about our kids knowing God, about our grandchildren, great-grandchildren. We all want them to be saved. We all want them to know a relation and know have a relationship with God. But I came to church today saying, you know what, there may be somebody here today and you forgot, <laughs> you forgot somehow who Jesus is. Maybe you maybe you've walked away out of that relationship with him. Or maybe maybe you've never given your life to Christ. Maybe a friend invited you today. I would love to, just where you said it, pray a prayer with you. A prayer that I prayed when I was just 15 years old, asking God to come into my life, saying sorry for mistakes that I had made. But that prayer really changed my life. As I look back all these years ago, I go, wow. Not fully knowing, perhaps not fully understanding the enormity of the prayer, but God saw it. See, I see that, I'll take it. A little boy, scared, hurt, afraid, afraid, afraid about the future. But as I gave my life to Christ, everything began to change for me. And now I look back and I see God's handprint throughout my life. I laugh at the goodness of God. I laugh at His provision. I laugh at His protection. I've seen that He'll never leave me leave me or forsake me he is a good good God come on church if we knew how good he was we would run to the altar that's what I think hey come on let's just close our eyes give give people a moment just to ponder that thought am I in relationship with God if you're saying Andrew you know what I've once knew God like you talked about but I'm I'm away but I need to come back I'd love to pray for you. Or maybe you're here, you're saying, Andrew, you know what, I've, I don't know this person you're talking about, but I want to. I wanna ask Jesus into my life. Friend, just where you sit, if that's, if that's you, could you just lift up your hand so I know who we're praying for today? I ask you to put it down. Thank you, friend. Is there somebody else today? Say, Andrew, that's me, thank you. Is there somebody else? You say, Andrew, I. I really want to pray that prayer because I need Jesus in my life. I can't escape it. Something's going to turn for me. Something's going to change. Fantastic. For those perhaps who are watching online, you can pray this prayer with us. But come on, church, let's join these people who are saying yes to God today by praying this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, Come on, church, pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, tonight I'm asking you into my life as my Lord and Savior. I give you my life. I give you total control. Forgive me for any wrongs, for any mistakes, because I know you died on a cross to take away the sin of the world, take away my sin. Today, I am a new creation. I'm a child of God. In Jesus' name.